We're so glad that you've joined us today on the Relevant Church Podcast. There's so much God wants to do in and through you as you listen to today's message. If you want to learn more about Relevant Church, visit us online at thisisrelevant.cc. So today we're going to dive into Ephesians 5. So even if I don't get through all the scripture, because there's a bunch I'm going to cover today, you guys can just go home and you can read Ephesians 5. Listen, this is for all the married couples out there. If you are not married, but one day you'd like to be married, guess what? This message is for you too, because it's going to help you prepare for marriage as we look in this blurred line series. So we're going to start off in chapter 5 of Ephesians, verse 21. It says, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. All right, now stop right there. Because I read the Bible, like, very slowly. Like, so you guys, I'm going to annoy you today. Like, we ain't going to be reading a big chunk of Scripture. It's going to be like that much, and we're going to stop. So submit to one another. Now, what we have to understand is that a lot of times we like to look at the next verse that says, wives, submit to your husbands. But before it ever says, wives, submit to your husbands, it says, submit to one another. Now, you and I, as husbands and wives, we're to submit to each other, and what that means is that we're just trying to put the other person's priorities ahead of ours. Because as a dude, I'm like the Backstreet Boys, I want it that way. But God's saying, no, 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 you don't get it your way, you get it my way, and my way is putting your wife's way in front of your way. That's the way. That's the way that we are supposed to lead. So before we even jump into the next scripture, husbands understand we're called to submit to our wives just as much as they are called to submit to us. Recently, Chrissy and I were talking with a young couple. They came over and they were just having some issues in their relationship and they were asking some questions. And Chrissy and I, like, so Chrissy's a counselor. I'm a preacher. I try to counsel and Chrissy's like, shut up, you're talking too much. And I'm like, I thought I had the mic in my hand, you know. I told him at the end, we gave him advice, and it was just, it was good advice because it was from Chrissy. Like, and then at the end, I summed it up like this. I said, listen, you, you want the best advice for your relationship? If you both look at Jesus more and you fall in love with Jesus more, you're going to see the grace that he poured out on you, and you're just going to begin to pour that out on one another more. That's what it all comes down to. So if you're like, man, I struggle with submitting, just look at Jesus, because in reality, Jesus submitted to the Father and to us to go to the cross. Isn't that humbling? Like, he submitted to you and I to say, even, even though it's not what I want, Jesus didn't want to die for you. You don't, do you want to die for me? Like, you don't want to die for me. I don't want to die for you. Like, he didn't want to die for us. He submitted to the Father's will. That's what he said. And if you think, like, okay, this, this isn't biblical, it says in the Gospels, it says, Father, if you can take this cup from me, if you can take this burden from me, if you can take this, this death from me, please do, but not my will, but your will be done. That's submission. It's not doing what you want. It's doing for the other person what is best for them. And that's what Jesus did for you and I. So we have to submit to one another. Verse 22, and this is uh, the scripture that I'm sure so many women have tattooed on their arms in here, probably have like shirts made of it, you know. Wives, submit to your own husband as to the Lord, you know. Like, you know, you wake up every day, you're like, Hus- hun- honey, I read this, and however I can, you know, like it's just... <laughs> 
<laughs> you know, and listen, if there's any husbands in here and you're quoting this to your wife, you are already losing. Do not quote this to your wife, all right? It's one thing for Paul to say it. It's one thing for, like, a pastor to say who's speaking over everyone, you know, like, but for you to wake up and be like, baby, so I was reading my Bible today. I think you missed this line. It's, you know, like, <laughs> that's not a win at all. Now, I think what we do as guys is I used to have some friends that used to wrestle back in high school, like the WWE, like John Cena. Are you guys familiar with John Cena at all? Yeah, like there he is, John Cena. I had some friends in high school. I'm not even kidding. They used to do wrestling throughout the school during school hours. So this is what they would do. And they made a fake wrestling belt and everything, and one of them would always be carrying it through the hall, and they would just wrestle each other. There was, I, I was like, oh, this would be cool to get into. And then I saw what they did. I'm like, dude, I want to do that. They would run up on each other while one's not looking, and they would take their head and hit it into the lockers and then just fake, you know, like fake stomp them, but it, it looked real, you know? And then they would take the belt like they want it, you know? They would be in the lunchroom, I kid you not, in the lunchroom, one of them sitting down eating, another one comes up, grabs a chair, and hits it over their back and then steals the belt. I'm like, yeah, that's, that's not going to get you a girlfriend. Like, <laughs> I don't want to do that. But I think for some of us dudes, what we can do is we're like, well, it says submit. And you know what they do in the WWE? They make people submit. I guess I got to get a chair and whack it over my wife's head a little bit. Like, that's not what submission is. You don't force your wife into submitting. You lead her into submitting. Because if you're submitting, guess what? She'll submit. Chrissy was sharing with uh, uh, everyone yesterday at our conference. She said, you know what? She said, anytime that I need to get better at something, she said, Joe doesn't point at me and say, get better. You know what Joe does? Joe starts doing that. And then I see that, I'm like, oh, man, I got to step this up. So if Joe's reading more books, if Joe's having more prayer time, if Joe's reading the Bible more, if Joe's serving more, if Joe's cleaning up the house, whatever it is, she's like, I'll, 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 I'll step up, you know? Because he's not pointing out my flaws. He's saying, I'm going to lead by example. So I'm going to submit first, and then she submits second. And so wives, when submitting to your husband and husbands, it isn't, hey, babe, listen to this, do this. It's, again, husbands, when you submit, they will submit just as well. And if you think about it, the way that we were created, it was Adam and then Eve. Now, listen, wives, you submit to your husbands even if they're idiots. Because guess what? Adam's an idiot. (laughs) If you think, so Adam was supposed to lead, but he didn't. His, his wife, which I get, because if, if my wife was naked and she was eating apples, I'd be like, you do it, girl. Like, you know, like, <laughs> you know, like, it's a healthy marriage. It sounds good. <laughs> but instead of being like, no, no, we're not supposed to eat that fruit because that's going to cause us to sin, he just, he just gave in. He, he wasn't leading by example. So, ladies, Adam was a moron. Okay, your husband might be a moron, but you don't submit if they're a genius. You just submit, even in their stupidity. Now, you try to lead them in a loving way out of that because I wish that Adam would have been led out of that by Eve, but instead he was just tempted into it. But we are not called to say, I will submit to my husbands when they become the spiritual lead of this house. It doesn't say submit to the spiritual leader. It says submit to your husband. And listen, ladies, I understand that too. It says submit to your husband. It doesn't say submit to man. Because I know we got some, some women in here, like, you're like, man, I don't need no man to submit to. I am strong. And you are a strong woman. I'm not telling you submit to, to a man. I'm telling you submit to your husband. There's a difference. When you're in the workforce, you go and kill it, girl. 
Like, you do it out there. You know, you show it up. You get the promotion. You beat the dudes out, okay? But at home, we're to submit to our husbands, okay? So that is the difference. Because I've heard a lot of people say, like, well, women are uh, to submit to men. That's not biblical. That's not in the Bible. You submit to your husband. But also, just like I said at the beginning, husbands, we are to submit to our wives, It says this in Proverbs 12, verse 4. It says, a wife of noble character is her husband's crown. A wife of noble character is her husband's crown. Now, Gwen, my four-year-old, she's got a tiara that she loves putting on, and she's got this pretty dress that she loves putting on. Gwen will put this on, and I'm telling you what, she'll come around the corner from her playroom, and she just wants daddy's attention right away. And so you know what daddy does? I put down everything I want. Baby, you look so beautiful. Like, I over-exaggerate it. You know what my two-year-old now does? The same thing. She puts on this dress that does not fit her, and it's falling off, and you just, you know, it's just like falling off her. She's walking. She's got this big old tiara on that's coming. And she does the same thing. She comes around the corner, and she's like looking at Daddy. I'm like, oh, Vivi, you are so beautiful. And now my 21-year-old's got the crown on coming around the corner. (laughs) But here's the thing. is they want me to notice them, okay? They want me to see how beautiful they look when they put that crown on. Ladies, your husband is the same way. He wants people to look at you and be like, look at this beauty. Look at this crown that I get to put upon my head. Look at how amazing she is. She's like ruby. She is gold. Just this gorgeous woman. And you know what? I used to tell people, I used to mess with Chrissy. I was like, you're like my trophy wife. She's like, you know, that's not a good thing, right? I'm like, I'm like, what is I was like, I thought it was. Like, you're like my trophy. Like, look at this. Look at this beautiful thing. She's like, no, that means I'm just kind of like a, ah, you know, like, and, and you do everything. And I'm just a ditz, you know, and I only look pretty. I'm like, oh, yeah, I won't tell people that anymore. But <laughs> so now I'm going biblical. She's a crown that I put upon my head. And it's the same thing for all you women out there. Listen, when you are submissive and you're not coming and beating your husband down and nagging him to death and being just a, a, a bully in the house, like, listen, he wants to put you on as a crown and just praise you around. He wants to be like, look at this beautiful, beautiful crown. Because this is what it goes on to say in that verse, okay? Ready? It says, but a disgraceful wife is like decay to his bones. So it literally says that a noble wife is like a crown. A disgraceful wife is decay to the bones. You know what that's saying, decay? It's saying that you're a cancer. You're eating him alive from the inside out. Because a lot of times you can't tell when you're nagging your husband and bugging him. You know, he might just be like, oh, my gosh. You know, and you just think that. But really inside, you're killing him. You're destroying his spirit. You're destroying what he sees in you. You're destroying that, that beauty that he wants for you. Instead, he just feels like, again, like, I get it. I didn't take the garbage out again, but I will in five minutes. I just want to rest my feet. You know, like, it happens, but, I mean, I'm telling you, it's this nagging. It's the wham, 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 over and over and over and over. It says this in verse 20, uh, Proverbs twenty-one nineteen. It says, it is better to live in a desert land than with a quarrelsome and fretful woman. Now, let me just be clear here. I have been to hell and back, and it is called Arizona. <laughs> I don't know what it was. Yeah, she's me too. Listen, my mom, I'm telling you what, my mom talks to Jesus like, I mean, it's like Father, Son, Holy Spirit, Helen Angelo. Like, it's just, that's just the, that's just the flow. Uh, but I think she missed it. 
She told me, she said, God said you're supposed to go to Arizona for three months. I was there for two months, and I tapped out. I was like, I can't do this. Like, I went and stayed with my uncle who's a pastor and was trying to learn from him and stuff. But it was so hot. Listen, I'd walk outside. I'm like, you know what I'm going to do when I'm in Arizona? I'm going to tan. You know what you can't do in Arizona? You can't tan. Because when you walk outside, there ain't grass to land. There's rocks to land. You try to lay down some blankets on some rocks, that hurts, you know? Like, and then, you know what, you don't get hot and be like, oh, I'm going to go jump in the lake. I'm going to go jump in Lake Michigan. No, Lake Michigan doesn't exist. No water exists in Arizona. It is horrible. It's a desert like this. And so God is saying, listen, instead of living with a quarrelsome wife, it's better that you live in a desert where you're going to get dehydrated, die, and have the buzzards peck your eyeballs out. I'm like, oh, my gosh. Like, that is serious. Like, ladies, we don't want to be quarrelsome with our husbands because we don't want them to think that looks better than us because Arizona is not better than you honey like oh my gosh so glad that it's like the garden of Eden with you baby it ain't Arizona man Ephesians 5 23 says for the husband is the head of the wife even as Christ is the head of the church his body and is himself its savior and so again Here we're talking about that the husband is the head. It might be a good head, it might be a bad head, but he's the head, you know? Like, all heads are not created equal. When I was younger, my head actually used to be a lot bigger because I was huge when I was little. My parents owned a Dairy Queen, and I was the Dairy Queen. (laughs) Dude, I would eat blizzards all the time. I didn't understand why someone wouldn't get a large blizzard until they sold it, and then I had to buy a blizzard. I'm like, these things are expensive, you know? Then I started losing weight. I was like, oh, those things are demonic, you know? Like, um, but for real, though, if somebody wants to give me a Dairy Queen gift card, I do love Dairy Queen still. Like, I, <laughs> uh, but my, I, I, was, I was definitely chubbier. My head was a lot bigger. Um, but So I had a bad head at one time, and look, at now I have a good head. Like, I'm actually trying to get in shape and be healthy with life. Your husband, you might be like, I can't follow his head anywhere. It's so big, I won't even fit through the doors, you know? You're like, he's all about himself. Listen, it doesn't say follow a good head. It follows the head. He is the head of the household, even if you don't agree with it. Going on, verse 24, it says this. says, now as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit in everything to their households. Okay, now if the Bible says something once, it's important, right? Because it's the word of God. If it says it twice, you better get that down. It just said again for the second time, wives submit. And listen, I just want you to get this, okay? Wives, for you to help your husband be the man, okay? I want you to make him think what you think that he could possibly be. You just, you just say, like, baby, you got this. You've got this. I believe in you. I see you. You're just, you're for him okay you try to get him to see himself the way that you see himself because a lot of times us men we're insecure if we if i'll just be honest like we are super insecure you know when we were growing up we were playing baseball why because we're trying to impress our dads you know we're just trying to have a good relationship with our dad like i don't even like baseball but i play it for my dad you know what i mean like uh, we we're insecure and now we're growing up and now we're trying to get ahead in business and guess what we don't get the raise or we don't get promoted or whatever and we're just insecure still Like, we don't want to come home and feel that insecurity. Like, listen, wives, you just go ahead and you just tell us that we're awesome. I guarantee you tell us how awesome we are. That garbage is getting taken out with authority. (laughs) Those dishes, 
man, you're going to be able to see your reflection in them when you tell me how awesome I am, you know? Like, and you might be like my wife, and she's like, you know what? Hey, you do the dishes and the garbage, but I'll actually clean the house because, like, I still do not clean the house, like, that well. Like, it is not that great. But, wise, if you can just make him think what you think that he is, you're going to see a husband that wins. Husbands, ready? Here we go. I know the wives would be like, man, this is a lot towards us. Hey, it's in Ephesians. This is the Bible, okay? Take it up with God. Now we're going to get on to the men, all right? Now, ladies, do me a favor. I don't want you doing this to your husband or anything. Um, you can say amen. I don't mind about that, you know. Uh, husbands, it's time for you to take notes. About to jump into it. Husbands, love your wives. Okay, we're going to stop there. Because if we can put this in context, that when this was being written by Paul, influenced by the Holy Spirit, to the church of Ephesus, when they would receive this and they would see the part about wives submit to your husbands, they would have been like, yep, that makes sense. Because back then, wives were considered property. Wives love your husbands? Yep, this makes sense. Because women didn't have a say. They couldn't own property. They couldn't own a house. Pretty much if the husband died and they didn't have children to take care of them, they were screwed. Like they had nothing. And so these men understanding those verses, like, yep, that makes sense, that makes sense, that makes sense. But then to have Paul write, husbands, love your wives, it'd be like, what? Like, love, love my property? It's like me loving my shoes, you know? Like, I, I do love my shoes. My wife picked them out. <laughs> but he, he's flipping it because God is saying, hey, listen, listen, we're not going to be like the world on how everyone else treats their wives. We're going to be different. We're going to love our wives. We're not going to see them as property anymore, but we're going to see them as equals right there with us. And so when you actually look at the word love, the word that he used here, it's agape love. And I'm sure some of you know what the agape means. But there's actually four types of love that are written in the Greek, okay? It's not, you know, like today we'll be like, oh, I love pizza, I love my wife. Like I put those on the same playing field, like I love my wife a lot more than I love pizza. You know, like there's different kinds of loves. We use it all over the place, you know, like, oh, I love my shoes, I love my phone, I love my wife, I love my daughter, I love my food, I love Netflix, I love, you know, whatever it is. So. We're going to look at these different words, okay? The first one is eros. This was a love, okay? Eros. And eros was, does anybody know what kind of love that was? It was an erotic love. It was a sexual love, okay? This is not the word that Paul used. He did not say to sexually love your wives. Because in Paul's mind, he's thinking, if you're married, you should already sexually love your wife, you know? The next word is storage. And this is the second word for love. And it refers to, like, a family love. Like, I just, I, I just love my daughter, my mother. It's just a, uh, my brother. You know, it's just this family love that's there. The next one is uh, phila, which is, like, when you think of Philadelphia, the city of brotherly love. That's what Phila is. It's a brotherly love, a friendly love. And then we get to agape, which is a selfless love. Paul uses the word agape here. So he says, husbands, love your wives selflessly. Selflessly love your wives. Because you know what we do as Americans, right? It's, again, going back to Backstreet Boys, I want it that way. When we're not getting it the way we want, then it's kind of like, I'm not feeling it today. My emotions are a little checked out today. Listen, Paul's saying, I don't care what your emotions are, husbands. You love your wife because it's a choice, not a feeling. Last night, we had Shannon Odell at our, at our event, and he was talking about, he said, I don't love my wife 
because I married her. I don't stay married to her because I, I made a promise. I don't stay married to her because she's hot. I don't say any of these things. He said, I stay married to her because of my fear of the Lord. He's like, it all, it's a choice that I put God so high up and he said that he's putting us together that nobody can break this covenant, that no matter the fight, no matter the argument, no matter the tension, no matter what's going on, I will fight for that relationship instead of giving into my feelings. Because oftentimes we'll give into our feelings instead of knowing, no, I'm not going to let my feelings control me. I'm going to actually control my thoughts and I'm going to choose love because that's what Jesus did for you and I on the cross. There's no way that he felt like going to the cross. There's no way that he felt like having these, these nails driven through his hands. These nails driven through his feet that were put on top of each other and then just hammered together. There's no way that he felt like being whipped and tortured and having a crown of thorns set upon his head and mocked and spit on. There's no way that he felt like hanging on a cross for six hours. And listen, they believe that when he hung on the cross for six hours, because of being impaled, because of the beating that he took, that when you are on the cross being tortured, that every time you want a breath, you actually have to push up and take a breath in and let it out. And he would have to keep pushing up every single time he wanted a breath, working on those feet, pushing on those feet that were uh, nailed together. That was a choice he made, not a feeling. Husbands, choose love. Choose your wife over what looks better on the other side. The grass always looks greener on the other side. And you know why it's greener on the other side? Because there's a man over there watering it. Water your grass. Because this is what happens. We water it when we're dating, don't we? Man, I, I used to put on cologne like crazy. I would, I would shave every, I would shave spots. I didn't even know I wasn't supposed to shave. Like I was, <laughs> I would do whatever it took. I'd be washing my car, be spraying Febreze in there. I got in my car the other day. I was like, man, it smells like farts in here. Like, <laughs> it's like, man, you know, because you get comfortable. It's, it's kind of like I won the prize and now I settle. But it's like I can't settle. You know, it's like I, I am definitely not a fan of uh, the Patriots and Tom Brady. But you know what Tom Brady doesn't do? That boy don't settle. He keeps getting better and better and better with age. Husbands, we should be doing the same thing. Every year when it comes to our anniversary, it looks like we just won the Super Bowl. You know what I mean? Like that we put in so much work, we're like, did it again. Boom, you know, like that's exactly what we should look like every single year. So it says, and again, like I stopped that scripture so we could just understand the agape part. Husbands, love your wives. Because it says this, as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. If you guys haven't seen Passion of the Christ, go and watch. It's such a brutal depiction of the crucifixion that actually isn't even accurate to the point because in the movie, Jesus has clothes on and in real life, Jesus was actually hung on the cross naked to just to be embarrassed. That's how disgusting the Romans were. Just that they want to, they want to make you look embarrassing. Just make you look like the worst. Make you, make you feel like the worst. When you've been tortured, when you're hanging on the cross, there's nothing, there's nothing else we can take from you. We can't, we can embarrass you even more. Listen, husbands, the Bible says, no matter how hard your marriage is, no matter how embarrassed you feel at times, no matter how beaten down you feel, no matter how much you feel like quitting, you're to look like Jesus 
on the cross saying, I don't, I'm not going to quit. I'm going to keep going because I see better in this marriage. I see better in my wife. I see more in my wife. I see not just us, but our children and our grandchildren. There is more. Something I do to give up, and so this is just a little tip for some guys because you might be like, how do I give up more for my wife because I'm always you know, gone at work, whatever it looks like. What I do for my wife and for my kids is I sacrifice sleep. Now, if you know me, I love sleep. Like, I love sleep. Oh, yes, exactly. Amen. Like, it is God on the seventh day he rested. Man, if I was, if I was God, man, after I would have made everything on day one. I would have rested the rest of the week. You know, I'm just like... <laughs> I love some sleep, but what I do is I sacrifice sleep to serve my wife and serve my daughters. So I'll actually wake up between 4.30, uh, it's, it always averages, you know, depending on how my night is, but usually between 4 and 5 a.m., I'm getting up. Sometimes it's up to 3.30, depending on what's going on that day, um, but I'll wake up that early in the morning, I'll do my devotional time, I'll do, have my prayer time, I'll read a book, uh, and then I'll either go to the gym, or as soon as Gwen wakes up, her and I will play with Barbies, won't we? Yeah. She's licking an envelope right now. She's tithing. So good job, babe. <laughs> but Gwen will wake up sometimes. It'll be 6.30 and she'll come out and she'll be like, Daddy, can we play Barbies? And usually it's a little bit before 6.30 because at 6.30 I try to be done so I can play with her and then at 7 I make breakfast. But she'll come out and she'll say, Daddy, can we play Barbies? And I'll tell her, I'll be like, what's Daddy doing? She's like, reading your Bible. I said, as soon as I'm done reading this, I said, because, honey, if I don't know how Jesus loved me, then I can't love you. Like, I'm sacrificing sleep, and I'll even sacrifice some time with Gwen to know how to love Gwen more. So then when I'm playing Barbies with her, I don't have my phone in there. I'm not playing on my phone, but I am connected with her because Jesus was connected with the disciples. Jesus was connected with the people that were following him, even the ones who just kind of came through, right? Like the crowd, you look at Zacchaeus, you look at the woman with the issue of blood, you look at the, the girl who was dead, and he walked to the house, raised her, and then he took off. You know what I mean? Like, but when he was with people, he was with people. I want to make sure that when I'm with my daughter, I'm with my daughter. I'm not looking over her shoulder, seeing what I have to do next. So when I spend time with him, it just helps me love her more. Husband, some of you, you just need to spend more time with Jesus and you're going to love your wife even more. You're going to, you're going to love your wife even more. You're not, you don't even have to listen to a dude say, Hey, like clean the garbage, take out the garbage, clean the dishes, like clean the house, fill up her gas tank, whatever it is. Like you won't even have to listen to some guy say that because you're going to see how Jesus served you. And you're going to be like, man, how can I serve my wife? You know what? She hates doing this. I can do this for her. Because when you fall more in love with Jesus, you fall more in love with your spouse. You fall more in love with your family. You fall more in love with your kids. And that's what he's calling us to do, to love our wives as Christ loved the church. Now, verse 26 says that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of water by the word. Now, check this out. Washing of water by the word. Husbands, how does your words wash your wife? Are you cleaning her with your words or are you making her a mess? Messing with her mind. Listen, we've, we, Christy and I have sat in some counseling sessions and we've had Husbands and wives just go at it. And you know what it looks like? It literally looks like in your mind that they're just picking up mud and just chucking it at each other. I'm like, man, you guys are not washing each other with words at all. Like, I, I don't even know where to start sometimes. And again, that's why I'm a preacher, not a counselor, because Chrissy knows how to start. I'm just being like, dude, it's over. Chrissy's like, no, it's not. <laughs> but we're called to wash our spouse with our words. Speak life to her. 
Let her know how you see her. You know what? The other night, Chris and I were sitting on the couch, and she was saying something, I don't know, about her hair, about not being tan or something. I don't know what it was. She was like, oh, I'm so pasty or I'm so whatever. I'm like, stop talking to my wife like that. My wife is beautiful, you know? It's like because I'm washing her with those words because when I speak that over her, she's going to eventually see herself the way I see her. Because isn't that the truth? Like, we always see ourselves worse than someone else sees us, you know? We look in the mirror, and we're like, look at that zit. And you go up to someone else, they ain't seen that zit. You know, you're like, look at all these blackheads. Nobody gets close enough to your face to see those blackheads. But we think that everybody sees it. We think that everybody sees how dirty and messed up I am. No, people, listen, your husband sees you beautifully. Your wife sees you, not beautifully, handsomely. Handsome, you know? You're a good-looking dude, you know? But we're supposed to wash her with our words. And a way that you wash her with words, because some of you, you just don't know the right words to say. You know what you need to do? You just need to read Song of Solomon's, and you just start quoting some scripture to her. Start shooting her a text, you know? Because, I mean, it, it, it is beautifully written, and there's some stuff in there that, like, you send it to her, she's going to be like, ooh, dang. I didn't know he had that in him. And a lot of us guys, we don't have it in us. Why? Because we're born because of Adam with sin. That's why we have to spend time with God to learn how to love our wives and speak life to them and speak love to them. And so you, the more you spend time in the Bible, the more time that that Bible is going to pour out of you onto your wife, and she's going to see herself the way that Jesus sees you and her. And so if you don't know where to start reading, here it is, Ephesians chapter 5. Start reading that. Do not highlight, submit to your husbands, and send that to your wife. I'm not telling you to do that. <laughs> I got a couple friends that are uh, like contractors, builders, and they really intimidate me. One of my friends is actually 24 years old, and he duplicated like his house. He like took the front house. He's like, cool, I'm going to do the exact same thing on the back for more bedrooms and like hallway and bathrooms and blah, blah, blah. And, um, and this is a picture of it. Chrissy and I actually went there, and it's straight, it's straight like gave me anxiety walking through the house because I'm not a builder, okay? Like, this is what he did. Right, and your people here, you're probably like, that's square. Like, that ain't nothing. That's a rectangle, you know? Like, that's easy to build. Okay, well, my other friend who's a contractor, look at the house he's building right now. How many square feet is that? 5,000 5, square feet. It is massive. I walked in there, and I was like, it's like, how do you even know where to start and then move the next piece? And he's trying to explain it to me. I was like, bro, I really don't care. Like, I'm just overwhelmed. Like, it's like, this place is massive. But the same way that they're building those, we're called to build up our wife. If you look at in Proverbs 31.10, it says, who can find a virtuous wife? And the word virtuous here is the word kail. Say that with me. Say kail. Tell people you went to church and you learned Greek today. You guys are smart. Kail, it means force, strength, efficiency and ability who can find a kail wife who can find a virtuous wife one of force one of ability and when i think of those words and strength i think of a house like that right something that's built up something that all of us did not come in here wondering like oh my gosh is the this roof gonna cave in like nobody in here walked in like that why because it's strong it's built up we are supposed to find a wife that is strong and then we continue to build her up we are not called to come into a place like this and be like, time to get to work. Demolition time. You know, like, <laughs> that's not what husbands are called to do. We're not called to tear our wives down. We're called to build them up. So husbands, make sure that you are building up your virtuous wife because life and death are in the power of the tongue. I love what Chrissy says about this. So many times we'll go out to dinner 
and we talk nicer to our waitress than to our spouse. We talk, we talk nicer to them than we do to each other. And Chrissy will say it this way. She says, we've lost our manners in marriage. Have you lost your manners in your marriage by the way that you're speaking to each other? Because you know who chooses those words? You do. I can't make you say anything. I can't, I can't get inside your mouth and move your tongue around and a certain word comes out. That's up to you. But also, you know this, because the focus is yourself, is that the more that you speak life to your spouse, the more that you're going to get that back. It's a mirror. You and your spouse are a mirror. If you don't like the way that your spouse is looking or talking or acting, you need to look at yourself. How are you looking? How are you talking? How are you acting? What's your devotional time look like? What's your prayer time look like? And then it's not to force it on them. Hey, read your Bible more. You just pull it out when they're sitting there. And you just read your Bible and you can tell them, oh my gosh, I love this. Look, it, it says, who can find a virtuous wife? Honey, am I a virtuous wife to you? You start a conversation with him. You're, you might be sitting here like, I can't get the dude to read the Bible at all. You know what? He might not be able to read. <laughs> you read the Bible to him then. You just tell him. You just pull it out. Oh, this is so beautiful. Look what it says in Song of Solomon's. You start reading it to him. Look at what it says in John. Can you believe what Jesus did for us, honey? I tell you what. Chrissy and I will have our Bibles out. You know what Gwen did the other day? She went and got her Bible. You know what Gwen can't do? Read. But you know what she's trying to do? Be like mommy and daddy. By modeling it. We model it. We don't tell her what to do. You know what's crazy? I used to think my mom was crazy. She is a little crazy, but let me tell you. My mom used to be that crazy woman who was up at 3.30 in the morning praying, reading her Bible. And now I'm that crazy son up at 3.30 in the morning praying and reading my Bible. I used, to t- I used to tell my friends, like, dude, she's nuts. I used to try to sneak out of the house and she was awake praying and stuff. I'm like, God, what's she doing up this early? She was seeking God for me. And now I'm seeking God for my children. And I'm seeing how it pays off already. I have one daughter that's in ministry. I have a wife who loves Jesus more than me. That's the win. My win isn't for her to love me more than Jesus. It's to love Jesus more than me. Because if something happens to me, I can't have her faith fall apart. He's the rock, not Joe. Joe's Joe's messed up. Don't be like Joe. Be like Jesus, you know? But we're modeling it. If you're not seeing what you, if you're not liking what you're seeing, you got to change something. You be the change. You got to model something. It says this in verse 27. This is where we're going to close on. And there's, it goes through verse 33. So go home and you guys can read this together. You can talk about it. It says, so that he might present the church to himself in splendor without spot or wrinkle or any such thing that she might be holy and without blemish. Now, I hate wrinkled shirts. You can ask my wife, like, I hate wrinkled shirts. And you know what Chrissy does great at? She does great at raising my children. She does great at doing the laundry. She does great at cooking amazing meals. She does great at keeping the house clean. She does great at counseling people. She does great at spending time with Jesus and worshiping and modeling it. You know what she doesn't do great at? Ironing shirts. She's like, I hate it. I'm like, I get it. So I just iron my shirts now because I, I hate a wrinkled shirt. I just hate it. And you know what? It takes me five minutes to do it. And now I have a system. Literally, I'll get in the shower. I'll plug in the iron before I get in the shower. Not while I'm in the shower. Um, I get out. The iron's hot. Boom. Iron the shirt, five minutes. And now it's warm on me. It feels so good. 
But here's the thing, is that we're called to iron the wrinkles out of our spouse. We're called to get the blemish out, to get the the tied ink pen, get it nice and clean. And you know what that comes by? By serving, by loving them. So I want to challenge all the husbands in here, all right? Because this is, this is where we get wrong, is we think we know what our wife wants, you know? I think I know what I, my wife wants, and I come in the house, and I'll take my shirt off, and she'll be like, you ain't impressing me. The other day, I was looking in the mirror. I was like, look it. If the light hits it right, it looks like I have a six-pack. She's like, I don't care. And she just <laughs> she walked back. I'm like, why do I even work out? I'm trying to impress you. Not at all. Not at all. So I got to ask her, what do you want me to do? How can I serve you? Husbands, this is what I want you to do today, okay? Tonight, after your kids are going to bed, today maybe they're going to take a nap. I want you to do this. I want you to model what Jesus did. And it's going to seem, it's going to seem awkward. Let me just tell you this for the first point, okay? It's going to be awkward. But if we're trying to look more like Jesus, we got to act more like Jesus. And you know what he did before his death? And like it says in Ephesians 5.25, that we're to die to ourselves just like Christ did. I want you to get on your knees in front of your wife, have her sitting down. And I want you to get a bowl of water, warm, okay? Your wife don't want cold water. And get a wash rag. And I want you to wash her feet the way that Jesus washed the disciples' feet. And I want you to ask her, how can I serve you better? How can I serve you more? Because when Jesus washed his disciples' feet, he wasn't washing them and saying, man, you really need to trim these, Peter. Like, John, did you see what you stepped in? <laughs> no. He got down and he washed them. He served them. And you know what? Jesus, he knows everything. He, it says in the Bible, it says that when the Pharisees, they would be scheming against him, and it says that Jesus already knew his thoughts. See, Jesus already knew how he had to serve the disciples. He had to die for them. You, though, don't know, sir, how to serve your wife. Let me just be clear on that without you asking her. You can't read her mind. You're not Jesus. As much as you might begin to look like Jesus, you're never going to be able to read your spouse's mind. So you just got to ask her because you know what? It might change from, from season to season. One season, if you have little kids at home, serving her might be like, babe, I just need you to get up early with the kids so I can sleep in a little bit. Got you. But then when they're 13, she doesn't need you getting up early with the kids because you got to wake the kids up at noon because they're still sleeping. You know, they're teenagers. It's like then you like peel back the curtains and the light hits them. They're like, you know, like... Like they're a vampire or a zombie or something, you know? But just ask her. Get on your knees, wash her feet, say, how can I serve you? And wives, this is what I want you to do. I want you to be honest. Honey, I, I'd appreciate it if you did this. I'd appreciate it if you did this. I'd appreciate it if you did this. And husbands, guess what your response is? It's that. You don't say, well, I don't have time. You don't say, well, that's not my gifting. You think cleaning is your wife's gifting? You think she wakes up like, I can't wait to change a poopy diaper. No, but she does it. For you, it's the same thing. You just, you shut your mouth. How can I serve you? And you listen and listen, men, we, we are just, we're stupid creatures. You know, like we really are. Write it down. Don't forget how your wife wants to be served. And ladies, when your husband does it, I'm telling you what, we're dogs. We really are. We're just a puppy. You reward us for what we did. We're going to do it again. You do. Get our tail wagging. Like, oh, I'll do it again. I'll do it again. Yeah. That's your challenge for today, okay, when we go home. 
And wives, listen, some, some of your husbands, again, they're, they're going to need some help on this. They don't even know where the bowls are in your house. They don't know where the towels are in your house. You go ahead, you get it out for them. Be like, hey, remember what Joe talked about earlier? As soon as I put the kids on, I just got that out there for you, you know? I like the, temp, I li- I like the water at 90 degrees. You know, whatever you want. I don't care. I don't care. But that's your challenge today. Let me pray for you guys. God, I thank you for, first, this opportunity to speak here, to speak into these lives, to speak into these marriages, to know that, that you have more, God. There's always more in you. You are, you're unsearchable, God. The more we search you out, the more we find out more about you, we will never get to the end of God and say, wow, I know it all. Like every single day, even today, I'm just knowing, wow, I can serve my wife the way that Christ served the church, and it's going to make our marriage better. I can listen to her. I can honor her. I can submit to him. I can be there for him and speak life into him. I want to be that crown. I want, to, I want to honor them. God, I thank you that today that there's going to be marriages that because of this, there aren't going to be blurred lines. We're not going to be looking on the other side of the fence looking at the grass is greener, God, but we are going to be stronger in the relationships that we have made a covenant in. In your name, amen. Thank you again for joining us on the Relevant Church Podcast. If this message has been impactful to you, let us know by sending an email to hello at thisisrelevant.cc. If God is impacting your life through this ministry, join us in reaching others by investing at giving.thisisrelevant.cc. Don't forget to subscribe to our channel for more messages like this one.